Kilda Church. Um, my name's Sophie Livingstone, for those of you who don't know. Um, and today I'll be speaking on patience, um, the fruit of the Spirit. So let's open in prayer. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for this morning, Father. We thank you that today um, we could gather, gather here together to worship you, Lord. We thank you for the sung worship that we've just had together, Lord, um, in your presence. And God, as we go into this message, Lord, I pray that you would guide us as we journey through, discovering, discovering what patience is, Lord, what the fruit of the Spirit um, is calling us to, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would be connected to you, Lord, that we would be listening for your voice today, Lord. We, I pray that we would be open to the character that you display. And God, I pray that you would be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to begin with a story this morning. When I was younger, every couple of years, sorry, every couple of weeks after my birthday, I would begin to plan my party for the following year. It kind of became a running joke in my family that I couldn't wait for my party and I couldn't wait to begin the planning. And I was being impatient, waiting for this event to come. In Luke 2, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to Jerusalem to be presented to God in the temple. At the time, there was a man named Simeon in Jerusalem who was righteous and devoted. He was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So when Mary and Joseph came to present baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law, law required, the Spirit led Simeon to the temple. Simeon took baby Jesus in his arms and prayed and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. From my understanding, Scripture does not reveal how long Simeon was waiting to see Jesus. It could have been days, it could have been weeks, it could have been years. In the Bible, we can see that Simeon was not the only one waiting for the Messiah. When we look back to the fall in Genesis 3, God says to the serpent, who represents Satan, he, revealed to be Jesus, will crush your head and you will, will strike his heel. Even after Adam and Eve sin, there's this glimpse of hope pointing to Jesus. Again in Genesis 12, God says to Abraham that all people will be blessed through him. All throughout the Old Testament in the book of Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and the other prophets, we spot references to Jesus Simeon is brought into the story of waiting for the promised Messiah, waiting for an event to come. Is this the kind of patience that Paul is calling us to in Galatians 5? 
is the fruit of the Spirit patiently waiting for an event or something to happen? I can imagine a lot of you are familiar with the book of Job, found in the first half of the Bible, the Old Testament. This morning, we're just going to look at a few chapters of this book. The story of Job is set in the land of Uz, with the main character being prosperous, a non-Israelite man named Job, who has many children, sheep, camels, oxen, donkeys, and servants. Everything was going great for Job until one day when Job's sons and daughters were at their oldest, the oldest brother's house. A messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby. And the Sibians attacked and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came. The fire of God fell from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chileans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. They put the servants to the sword, and I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, yet another messenger came. Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house. When suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert, struck the four corners of the house, it collapsed on them, and they are dead. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up tore his robes, shaved his head, and fell to the ground in worship. Naked I come from your mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord shall take away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And all this Job did not sin by charging God, God with wrongdoings. Then Job was afflicted with painful sores from the feet from his feet to his crown of his head. Job took a piece of broken pottery, scraped himself, and he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your dignity? Curse God and die. He replied, you are a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin by what he said. When Job's three friends heard of all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from his home, to, from their homes to sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, tearing their robes and sprinkling their head with dust. They sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Is this what patience is? Is Paul calling us to have patience in deep, deep suffering? Is the fruit of the Spirit waiting and trusting God, God's wisdom and character despite our circumstances? 
Today for our Bible reading, we heard Jesus' parable of the lost son. Jesus, Jesus describes a son who asks to receive his inheritance early, yet squanders his wealth away. After his money is spent and a famine hits, the son decides to return home to his father in hope of becoming his servant. Let's look back at the scene when the son returns. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am not worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe from the house, put it on him, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, kill the calf we have been fattening, we must celebrate for a feast, celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead and now he has returned, he was lost and now he is found. To the son's surprise, the father meets him with open arms and holds a feast to celebrate his return. However, his brother's response is in anger and jealousy at his reckless brother receiving a bigger celebration than he has ever got. As Galatians 5, calling us to have patience like the father has with the son. In the book of Hosea, God speaks to Hosea and asks him to marry Goma, who is called a promiscuous woman. In chapter 3, the Lord says to Hosea, Go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves uh, the Israelites, though they turn to other gods. God is using the story of Hosea and Homer to illustrate that an adulterous wife is like the Israelites because they are guilty of unfaithfulness to God. We see all throughout the Old Testament God's unfailing love and patience with Israel, even though they continue to turn away from him and disobey him. At the beginning of this year, Around Easter camp time, God revealed to me what I believe the purpose of Christianity is. At times, I can be quite a task-orientated person, a bit of a perfectionist. And this means that I like to fix things, but when I can't do that, I try to fix myself. Because of this, I want to be better. I want to obey God's commands. And these are all good things, but I forget that the most important thing is having relationship with God and truly knowing him. This revelation from God really motivated me. But as time went on, I began to get busier, and the special time with God became less and less. Immediately, I went back into that negative mindset of, if only I could do better, if only I could fix this, Forgetting that God is patient with me, even when I don't get it right. Is this the kind of patience that Paul is calling us to? 
Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Over the last few weeks, we've been going through the fruit of the Spirit, each week focusing on a word used in this passage. And this week, our word is patience. I looked up a definition for patience. Um, Patience is your capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without being annoyed or anxious. However, I found when I looked at the Greek word used for patience, which is macrothermia, that it has a deeper meaning than our English translation. It can be translated to mean forbearance or long-suffering. Forbearance means patient self-control, restraint, and tolerance. And long-suffering means showing or having patience in spite of troubles, especially those caused by other people. The stories I use to illustrate different kinds of patience are valid and they are important. But I think Paul means something deeper when he says that the fruit of the Spirit is macrothermia, meaning patience, forbearance, and long-suffering. We have heard throughout our series that Paul wrote Galatians to address the division within the early church. There are some people who want to live under the Old Testament law, and others who believe that Jesus has created a new way of life, living in the Spirit. Some Jews want to force the Gentile Christians to be circumcised and follow the Jewish laws, while others abuse this newfound freedom that they have in Christ by living by their own desires. However, Paul is calling the Galatians to live in step with the Spirit. But what does it look like to bear the fruit of the Spirit patience? Within Scripture, Patience is often used to describe God's relationship with humanity. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.16, But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus would be could be used, so Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience with even the worst of sinners. If God is our example, And the kind of patience he displays is patience in relationship. Should we not do the same? Because of all the division amongst the early church, it is likely that Paul is calling the Galatians Galatians to be patient with one another. The kind of patience Paul is talking about is being tolerant in relationships, even when we've been provoked. See, this is what patience is. Patience is slow to anger. It is slow at avenging wrongs. It is peaceful and gentle and self-controlled. Patience is not self-seeking, but it is showing love to one another. It is showing grace even when we've been wronged. Patience wants to listen. Patience wants to, re- to resolve conflict. 
When we're impatient in relationships, it's often because we want things our, our way. We think things like, they aren't being fast enough. They're not getting it. They're making too many mistakes. But patience leaves room for error. How quickly do you become impatient? What causes you to react this way? And are your feelings valid? Because being patient does not mean that we become a doormat. But is there room to show more grace, to slow down, to understand each other better? The message of Galatians 5 was directed for a community of people like us. Who in this room do you not have patience for? Who in this room could you be more patient with? If God is our example of patience, for us to have patience with one another, we need to know God and his character in our lives. We need to be in step with the Spirit. Because God is the one who produces patience within us. And it's not something that we do alone. It's something that we do with God. But Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So what is God calling us to? God is calling us to model him, to rebuke and encourage one another with great patience, to commit to being patient in relationships with our family, with our friends, with our neighbors, and with our enemies. So that's the end of my message, but I'd just like to close in prayer today. Dear Lord, this morning we sang that you are mighty to save, and we are not worthy of the patience that you have for us, Lord. But yet you chose to send Jesus down to earth to die for us, so that you could be the perfect model of patience for us. And God, we want to we wanna be patient like you. Lord, our heart and our desire is to, be, is to be like you. Holy Spirit, we want to have your character within us. And God, I pray today that if this message has spoken to any of us this morning, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be more patient, Lord. I know for me, I'm quick just to snap or I'm quick just to want things my way, Lord, but I pray that I would start to look more like you, Lord. And God, we pray this morning that we would go away and we would think about the different relationships we've got going on and where we could show more patience, Lord. But I pray that you would give us the courage to speak when maybe this pa our pa the pa maybe the things that we're tolerating shouldn't be tolerated, Lord. This morning, I pray that we would learn to encourage and rebuke with patience.
We thank you for today, Lord. We pray as we go out um, this week, Lord, that you would be with us um, and that your love would be on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.